This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany. Okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that. That's why I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Here's the lowdown on lowering bad cholesterol from Lecvio. Lowering bad cholesterol is hard, but you could do hard. You live through five fad diets, 11 sleep training nights, nine mediocre middle school recitals, one heart attack. And with Lecvio, you can lower your bad cholesterol and keep it low with two doses a year after two starter doses. Prescription Lecvio in glycerin is given by a doctor for people with known heart disease on a statin with diet who need more help lowering bad cholesterol. Common side effects were injection site reaction, joint pain, urinary tract infection, diarrhea, chest cold, pain in legs or arms, and shortness of breath. Results may vary. Learn more at Lecvio.com. Or call 1-833-537-8462. Ask your doctor about Lecvio. That's L-E-Q-V-I-O. Lower, longer, Lecvio. What's going on, everyone? My name is Omar, and welcome to That Mill Podcast, episode number four of the 2021-2022 season. It's the big one. Mill versus QPI is this weekend. We're going to have Dan Marshall as a guest today. You'll notice I'm on my own for the intro here because Mickey, believe it or not, has an anniversary he's gone to tonight for his uh, 
uh, wedding anniversary. Ricky, if you listen to this, big up yourself. Uh, and obviously anyone that's in the video here, be sure to comment below and wish Mickey a happy anniversary. Uh, yeah, he's left me kind of alone riding this, but thankfully we've lined up a guest and that's Dan Marsh. So his link will be in the description below to check him out on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. Uh, he's a local journal in the area and he obviously covers Millwall. So yeah, he always gives good insight and I think you'll like the interview with him today. So without further ado, we'll get started with this video. If you're new around here, be sure to like, subscribe if you're new and yeah, come on Millwall. Huge warm welcome to the show to Mr. Dan Marsh. How you doing, pal? You all right? Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. You looking forward to the new season and all that? Obviously, we're only a few days away now from QPR. Yeah, it feels like ages ago, doesn't it? Which is ridiculous when you consider the other two were pretty much just rolled into one long season. Um, but yeah, buzzing for it. Whilst I've got you on, obviously, I mean, what's your kind of hopes going into the season from a all point of view? Obviously, I know we always made a few smart signings. Are you, you know, are you buying into the kind of, you know, hopes and tribulations, so to speak? I am. I think the business we've done is is good. Um, I really, really think that Benekafobi will turn out to be everything, but I definitely thought Troy Parrott would be last year, and then I hoped Kenza Hall would be last year, and obviously neither of them worked out at all. Um, I'm a little bit... I think if we are going to fall short anywhere, it's going to be the same again. I don't know if we've got that... If we've added those 15, 20 goals that realistically we're short of the, from from breaking to plus but I think we'll be up there again I think again we'll take it hopefully we'll take it to the to the end of the season if we don't make it um and you know window isn't over potentially think, there might be a, a bit of scope to do a bit more yeah do you think we need a couple more in then obviously you mentioned obviously the lack of kind of firepower so to speak do you reckon maybe one or two maybe in the forward areas still might come in I think so. I think I said um, last season for the summer, for me, um, what we've lacked for, for years is like a, a proper creative midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think really, I, I love George Savile and I think he will have goals, but he's not the kind of midfielder I would have said we needed at the start of a window. I don't mm-hmm. think you can turn down a chance to bring him back and I think he'll, it's one of our better signings, but I still think I'd still like to see us do a bit there, whether that's doable or not, I don't know. And then, obviously, if something happens with a phobe. Um, I know he played quite a bit last year in Turkey, but he's uh, he's had injury problems. Um, you're kind of back at Bradshaw, Bodvarsson, which mm-hmm. you know hasn't hasn't done the business for the last couple of years. If if we're being honest, so I think there's definitely scope for a couple of more in the attacking areas if we if we want to nail on that top six spot. But I think I think we'll be in the mix. I, you know, we've not weakened the squad from last year, so there's no reason why we shouldn't be. That is actually like quite a unique thing for me, as in, you know, we've signed obviously Ballard's long as a backup to Bielkowski, obviously Savile, you mentioned, and Phoebe. It's like we've strengthened and you're just kind of waiting for the who's going to leave sort of hope. But I'm, obviously the fear for me anyway is obviously Wallace has this one year left on his contracts and it's like, cool, like obviously you mentioned a Phoebe, but if we lose Wallace as well or if any injuries to him or if he actually goes, it's like, then you do see yourself a little bit short. I, I do agree with you though, isn't it? It's kind of, can we tie him down? I mean, what would you make of that? Obviously, you know, he's he's kind of, I guess, hedging his bets a little bit at the moment and waiting for his opportunity to see what might be the best option. I mean, you can't knock him for it, but it's just kind of a risky position for the club to be in, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think you can knock him for it. I think you're right. I think he's probably within his rights. He's he's probably been our best player of the last two, three years easily. Um, I think, was it now 27, 28? Realistically, you know, 
I think he's been quite open about it. he wants to play in the Prem. And, and I suppose um, by hedging his bets, if we go up, I, I would imagine that he'd be quite open to stand and playing in the Prem with us. And if it depends really how our season pans out. You know, if we're right in the mix of January, maybe that will change things um, or maybe it won't. I, I think I do wonder if this situation would have occurred. I think COVID's played a part. Mm-hmm. Um, if if the market was what it was a couple of years ago, would the club have instead looked to cash in this summer? I, I don't know. Um, I think for what he brings us, is a risky game because, you know, the, the market is so inflated no matter what level you're at, really. Um, in the top two, I'll probably even argue League One now as well. League One's like another championship, like mm-hmm. trying to call that as a joke. Um, so I, I, I do wonder if if maybe that has kind of forced the club's hand a little bit. Like they, I'd be very, 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 very surprised if we cashed in um, because, and this is just my opinion, because mm-hmm. I don't see anyone in the climate offering enough money for the club to to give up what what Jig what Jig gives us. That's it. I mean, from pre-season, obviously, I've seen a couple of our games. I went to the game Saturday in person and like just him being back, I think he had a little injury for the last couple of games, but just him being there, like he's involved in all three goals, build up and obviously he took his third goal on Saturday quite well. And it's just, I guess if you're Millwall, you kind of balance the potential of him being there and maybe sur- like, you know, surging up to the top six and then maybe he signs that contract, isn't it? And then if he, you know, if he goes, then you're kind of thinking, well, where's the goals going to come from? You know, you said it there, like he's obviously, you know, been one of our best players the last two years. It's, it's, it's a risk-reward kind of element there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And I imagine that is is what Gamera and, and the higher-ups have, have been assessing over the summer. Um, it's difficult because I feel like I feel like now it's warming up a little bit. I saw Stoke signed, a, paid a bit of money for for uh, Sam Surridge from, from Bournemouth yesterday. Um, so it feels like it is maybe warming up a little bit. But I think for me, what he's brought the last... I think 10 goals the last couple of seasons. That's about even going into his assists. Mm-hmm. Far and away, our top scorer, you know, in today's market, what are we going to get for that? And then the more pressing problem, what, what are we going to spend that on to bring in? I, I can't see it happening. I think for us, the, the um, i trying to think the right way to put it, the reward of what he could bring us out weighs the risk of, of potentially of potentially losing him in the summer. mate. Definitely makes two of us there, pal. I mean, whilst I've got you on, obviously, um, I didn't mention in my intro, Mickey's not here today, but we was going to play a little bit of a game, just kind of guess, uh, you know, kind of speculate who might be that key figure this season. Obviously, you know, the last two years, we've had Bart Bielkowski win the Player of the Season awards. Is he going to make it three times in a row? Obviously, we look back on this and maybe kind of laugh about it in the future if we've guessed kind of wrong or a different angle or anything. But, I mean, for you, like, who do you think will be, like, the talisman this year? Who might be that fans player of the year? I mean, it's kind of put you on the spot a little bit. I know you just popped on and you know I know you said the, to me before we went on that you've not seen too much of us in pre-season but you know who do you think might be that player of the year for us this year? I think if the George Savill of what was it three years ago now is the George Savill was coming back and can have that impact mm-hmm. for me I think he's got to be up there um, I feel sorry for Jed because I feel like he said last year Bart won and he won the last two years didn't he Bart I think he did um, yeah I feel a bit sorry for Jake because he's had two blinding seasons and each time he's been uh, picked to a post by Bart. Obviously, Bart's had unreal seasons, but Jed again, right in the mix. Um, I'd go for one of them two personally. Um, wild card, like I said a, a few minutes ago, I, I really fancy Afobe to do the business for us. Um, I really hope he does. He comes across 
really, really well. I'm sure most people saw the interview um, on the club website after Ipswich. Um, yeah, I'm I'm quite hopeful that he'll hit the ground running, and and I think um, potentially he could be in the shot as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think a phobia could be that you know missing link that maybe will fire us kind of into the top six contention, so to speak. I think historically for us, I'm just looking through a list of player of the years in the last twenty years. You know, Stuart Nefficourt, Matt Lawrence, Darren Ward twice, Richard Shaw, Paul Robinson, David Livermore, Andy Frampton. You don't often get too many uh, strikers in there. I think even Neil Harris only won it once in yeah. the late nineties, and then obviously fast forward to the last, to the last ten years, you've got Morrison and Gregory, and aside from that, it's Jimmy Abdu twice, David Ford, Alan Dunn, McCandewiri, Shitu, and obviously Bill Kowski and Hutchinson. You know, we just love. I think Mill, we love defenders, and you're right. Obviously, Wallace is real unlucky there, but. I guess for us, it's it's more kind of appreciate defenders and obviously goalkeepers, the kind of workmen of the team. It's like that. You you spot on. Like anyone who goes will know. Like you know, I remember that um, tackle Tony Craig did a few years ago that he celebrated. Like yeah, that's what it's like, Dan, isn't it? Someone crunches into the tackle and you get as much a buzz off that as you do a goal. You know, so it's, it's not a surprise. We we do. I didn't realise going through that this year. That is a lot of defenders. Yeah. Um, hope hopefully, if someone more attacking wins it, it means we've had a good season. Um, but yeah, it, it's, thing is as well, our defenders, our, our defence is so strong. Like you look at Ballard's come in and I think it looks a good player. I've, I've not seen him, but obviously he did a good job at Blackpool and you know, mm-hmm. you, you're not on the books of Arsenal if, if, if you can't play. Um, I like Murray Wallace, but you know, he's obviously been brought in to, to add something a bit extra, but you look at Cooper, Hutchinson, Bart, even Malone last year, I know he scored a lot of goals, but you know he's a he's a fullback, he's a wingback. Yeah, our defensive players are so solid and consistent, whereas obviously our attacking players probably aren't as as consistent because otherwise we'd have those fifteen twenty goals that we've been lacking, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to go with you and say Wallace or Phoebe, but I can't, <laughs> look past, I can't look past the fact that Mill love defenders. And to me, obviously, I've only seen us play in person once so far, and that was Ipswich Saturday. But I thought Hutchinson was superb. Like, just the way he reads the game. Obviously, he won the Player of the Season award four years ago now. Um, but he's a player that, you know, just he seems to be at the top of his game at the moment. And I think he's, you know, a bit of an unsung hero because obviously you've got Cooper in there. That's the kind of younger player that's kind of always been consistent. But I think Hutchinson, considering when he first signed for us, how many years ago? Four or five years ago, his injuries and stuff. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna back Hutch. I think maybe with outside chance of Ballard to maybe win the award this year because you mentioned Ballard there, mate. But I think he will be a fan favorite. He's six foot six, a bit like Cooper, but like you right. said, the, the Arsenal breeds there where like he can play from the back, get on the ball, and you know dictate play. And I think that could be a string to our bow that maybe we need going into the season. I don't know what you think. I hope so. I mean, one thing that. I think some people found a bit frustrating last year, but I noticed when I watched is we had the back three, which is fine. I, I don't mind the back three. I think mm-hmm. Malone and McNamara are really good going forward on, on the flanks. But then when you had, so we had Woods who'd come really deep and he'd be kind of sitting on top of defenders. And I, I suppose part of that maybe is because, you know, we've kind of moved to a more possession-based kind of play than we did a couple of years ago. So having more defenders who are comfortable on the ball and, and stuff can only help that. And maybe that'll allow the midfielders to push up a little bit and they won't be kind of... It was just so congested. And at times you'd, you'd look and I'd look up and there'd be, you know, six players in our half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, barely anyone in the other half. But um, Hutchinson, I think you're spot on. Like, I think end of last season when he was out, I think you're spot on in terms of unsung hero. I think until he was gone, mm-hmm. shipped quite a few, didn't we? That's it. Yeah. 
you know that last game as well, the the uh, the Birmingham uh, game as well. So yeah, I, I think you you could well be right. Hutchinson well, is, is a good shot. We'll refer back to this anyway. Come May time, and maybe invite you back on again to kind of um, <laughs> either either kind of load up the plaudits or just kind of laugh ourselves into you know oblivion with that kind of prediction. But you know, I'm with you, mate. Honestly, I hope that if a forward wins player of the season, you're you're right. We've hopefully done something good, and it's an indication of what's to come. I mean, you mentioned the formation. I was going to ask you for young player of the season, but we'll come on to that in a second. But so you mentioned the five-three-two. An element that I'm really kind of cautious about with Mill is obviously we play that behind closed doors on I follow. You know, we drew last, I think, November 5 0 nils in a row, whatever it was. And yeah. obviously, it was quite boring to watch at times. How do you think the impact of the Den coming back into it, where the fans are there? You know, sometimes we can get our own teams back quite a lot at times, obviously, when it, at times we don't push forward or attack. But with that kind of playing from the back formation, if we have three or four kind of goalless draws at home in a row, how do you predict that to go? That kind of pressure on the route to maybe change it up from the crowd? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I was um, I was chatting. I spoke to Ryan Leonard in the week, um, mm-hmm. and funnily enough, he mentioned um, a line I thought was interesting that probably ties into that. But now the fans are back. Um, sorry, without fans last year, a lot of teams were kind of getting away with things that they wouldn't necessarily get away with. And I think for us, that probably ties into that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when it's a packed house down at the den, like it works in our favour so much, but. I, you know, it would have got restless last year with that run, you know, not even that, just that run of draws, that uh, shocking run, didn't we, for, for, you know, I think 14, 15 or games. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll get away of it this year, but I think in to kind of counteract that, I think we will be a bit more front foot this year because, you know, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. I think if they weren't, if, if, if Rout and the players weren't aware of what the Den gives us at its best, you know, last year not having it, then, you know, they never will. And from what I from what I gather from from thing to to thing, I, I think they do. Um, so I think it will be something. It sounds like you know. Hopefully, they've had a year now perfecting it. It's, it's been over a year now. We've been doing it. We've done it in the majority of the preseason games. I think, like you said. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, everyone's under no illusions where we need to make the step up. It is goals and creating chances, and you know, it's in nobody's interest to. You know, it needs to be a three-five-two with the wing backs rather than a five-three-two. Yeah, um, and I think I think you know the crowd will play in our favour this year. And I hope I'm not just being overly optimistic, um, but I think hopefully that'll be a, a thing in the past and, and kind of left in lockdown football. No, I do agree with you there. I think we'll be pleasantly surprised with the formation. I think what struck me the most, being at the game on Saturday, was we played the five-three-two, but we had. George, uh, George Savile, who a lot of people would have predicted would have been like the kind of forward or the three, but instead mm. it was the left side, centre mid, Savile in that case, and Evans playing on the right side. Both of them were making runs in behind the strikers. And right. it took me by surprise because I was thinking it would be more Evans and Keith Bell holding at the time. But instead it was Keith kind of sitting in the hole doing the Ryan Woods sort of role you mentioned last year. And it was Evans coming forward, overlapping on the right, helping Matt Namara and bombing forward and Savile on the left with Malone, kind of almost like wide midfielders sort of thing. Um, and I think we might catch some teams by surprise with that. And with that, it was the chances created. Savoy had a good opportunity in the first half. Um, Evans got a lot of the ball as well in the wide areas. And obviously, he's good on the ball to put across in. So I think, you know, with that element, we might be surprised to see, you know, it could be actually a, a winning formation. But I do agree with you, you know, hopefully we've moved past kind of playing from the back and obviously not really moving forward with it. So we'll see. We've got a full pre to work on it. And hopefully come Saturday, it will come good. 
I'm going to ask you about who you think will be the young player this season. Now, the last two years was Matt Lamar just gone. And the year before that was Billy Mitchell, obviously kind of just broke on the scene at the time, the season before last. It's possible one of them two might win it again, but obviously notable mentions to Isaac Alafe, who was on loan at Sutton last year. Uh, Alex Mitchell, the centre-half. You know, Tienza still involved in the first-team fold kind of thing. Who do you think maybe as a prediction could be the young player of the season this year? I don't think you can look past Danny Mack again. Um, mm. Been unreal since he's been back. Um, been absolutely unreal like that. I think, I think Romeo hit a bit of a brick wall last year um, with his form. Like, I think when Rout first took over, that right-hand side of Wallace and Romeo, I feel like every game I watched, and eventually teams wise onto it, felt like at times that was all we had, kind of towards the end of Harris's uh, time in charge and the start of routes. Um, but I think Matt Morris has been a breath of fresh air. Fresh air. Um, mm-hmm. Starting to get that link up with Jed that Romeo's picked up over the last few years. Um, yeah, I, you know, I really rate Billy Mitchell as well. Um, and I think if um, Isaac Lafe hangs around, I, I like the look of him as well. He's got pace, which is something we've desperately lacked up top. And, mm-hmm. you know, f- for me, especially with his injury, I think if, because um, I remember there was talk that um, there were some good loan options in the Football League for um, Alafe, Tyler Bury and Alex Mitchell. Yep. But I think with um, Isaac's injury, if he's, you know, still going to be struggling, not really had a pre-season, you know, maybe there's a scope to keep him around if we're not, especially if we're not going to bring another forward in until January and, you know, 15, 20 minutes off the bench, you, you know, from, from you look at the squad on Saturday, and again, this is just my opinion, this isn't anything, you know, inside or, or anything like that. You look at the squad, I don't think Bud Varson was there um, and Rowett has gone from, afterwards saying, you know, he wants to get one more in, whereas before, I feel like he was a bit more assertive with that, whereas before it was like, oh, we'd like to do something, but we need to get some stuff out. I yeah. think, you know, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we can, well, if we can find someone to take him, I would imagine he would go, especially that will leave. New message. Hey, girlfriend, it's Carol from Jury Duty. We never actually spoke, but I saw you ordered the same hoagie as me at lunch. What are the chances? Anywho, I heard you just got a boat. We should totally grab some hoagies and take it out for a spin. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. It's a body light. I don't. I think we could do a lot worse than, than give him a give him a crack. He's you know, it's got the one ingredient I think we've missed up front. Um, so if he plays and stays, then yeah, you're definitely right. He could be in the shot. He looks a, an exciting talent. So fingers crossed, we get to see a bit of him. So you went with Danny Mack, just to be a bit different. I, I agree with you, to be honest. Danny Mack is probably my favourite of the trio. I think, obviously, Mitchell, I haven't really seen in person yet to kind of give him a fair crack of the whip, so to speak. Obviously, on the on the iPhone last year, you saw what it was about. And obviously, I know Rowett Hotley, you know, rates him, so to speak. But I'll be different. And just for a wildcard shout, I'll go with Isaac Lafay to be my young player of the year. I agree with you. You know, I think 
no harm keeping him around, especially if he's got an injury going into the season, gives him some time at the club and trains around the team. And then maybe January, if he's not playing often and we strength from there, we can probably push him to the side and, you know, get him the opportunity to play in league football. Good shout there, mate. Um, this one's a bit more fun here. Who do you think will win goal of the season? So, I mean, I know I know it's like what kind of goal could be scored? And for all we know, we could see Jake Cooper score from the halfway line or something stupid happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think um, I'll, for this one, I was going to put Scott Malone as a shout there because obviously last year, I think he did win the award yeah. for his goal yeah. against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I think a lot of people put it Gazaresque, didn't they? Where he kind of lobbed it over one defender um, and then he puts it in the bottom right corner. But who do you think could be that person that scores goal of the season? Yeah, that is cool. That is a tough one. I'll go with. I I know the jury's still out a little bit, but I think you know I'll go with George Evans. You know, come through. I think he come through at City, didn't he? So he can obviously. Yes. I think, especially like you say, if if um, we're going to have the kind of overlapping midfielders on the on the sides rather than the centre halves this year, which might be a little tweak that they've worked on, I'll go with Evans. I think. You know, if he's not going to sit, if because Keithton Bell probably is the best option to sit, mm-hmm. I'll go with Evans as, as a wild card option. It could say Jed, it'll be it'll be Jed on my line. At their own little competition last year, didn't they? No, it's true, very true. I think, um, you, with Evans, I mean, the jury's out, you're right a little bit. I, I'll be honest, I, I don't really write players off, I'm always like glass half full, but. With Evans, I'm not quite sure where his best position is in this side, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, he played centre half a couple of games last season. Obviously, he was brought in kind of like as a utility man almost. Um, he played, I think he played every game between his, him signing yeah. and, and the end of the season. But I do struggle to pinpoint a best position for him in the side. Do you have, like, in your opinion, like maybe where he might fit in best if you was to pick the team? I'd probably, I'd probably stick him in midfield. Um, I think, I hope we're going to move away from the two sitting um, this year. So, what you're saying about it, which is. Sounds brilliant. Um, I'd probably, I'd be intrigued to see him in the role he was in um, at Ipswich. Um, mm-hmm. I think in terms of the back three, I actually, I actually really like Leonard there um, on the right hand side. I'd probably go to. I mean, hopefully we won't need to because we've got Ballard and Murray Wallace, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think Pierce will play as much this year. Um, so I'd, yeah, I'd probably stick him in midfield on, on one of them sides and, and see what he can do. Um, yeah, I'd rate Leonard as a potentially a better option at, on the right-hand side of um, defence. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. I think Leonard is an interesting one because he did actually come as a sub on Saturday and played right centre-half again as well. Mm. Um, and that did catch me by surprise because I would have thought Evans would have dropped him. But then I guess Rowett might be... I agree with you. When, when uh, Leonard played there, I think it was against Huddersfield that one game, didn't yeah. he? He played there and before his injury, he was superb. So I do agree with you there. Um, this is going to end up... End up Part one here. Uh, before we go back, uh, just we're going to move into the QPR game on part two. Uh, so we'll be back in a second. And welcome to part number two. Now, Dan, mate, we're here to talk about one thing, one thing only. Saturday, football coming back. Firstly, you know, we said we were excited to see it back. Got two and a half thousand Mill fans on Saturday attending, sold out at Loftus Roads. It's going to be a great occasion, isn't it? Just football fans being back and a proper atmosphere to come back to at London Derby. Oh, it's going to be buzzing. That hand is going to be... I can't believe we've actually got both uh, both tiers for a change. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be absolutely bouncing, isn't it? Like, um, any game, to be fair, it doesn't matter who we played. It was going to be bouncing. It was going to be a sellout. But it definitely, you know, we owe QPR one, don't we? Like, they, they killed our playoffs the, the year before after we come back from lockdown. Really, they killed it last year when we lost that ridiculous game. Mm-hmm. You know, we owe them one, don't we? 
I do agree with you, mate. And it's, it's set up to be like a, a lot of people, if you read into, if you're, if you subscribe to people that talk about championship football, you know, the likes of Benjamin Bloom, uh, not the top 20 podcast. These are a couple of things I listen to myself. A lot of people have not only us up there, but QPR as an outsider this year as well, a team that, you know, you look at their business in the summer window, people are kind of praising them, kind of expecting them to kind of compete at the top end of the table. Obviously, they finished last season really strong. I think they had an outside chance of the playoffs themselves, but they left it a little bit too little too late. Obviously, Mark Wilbur in charge. But, you know, signing the likes of Charlie, uh, Charlie Austin, Sam Field from West Brom, um, McCauley Bourne, uh, he's gone out on loan, but he's, he's also, you know, a player that was obviously competing there, but replacing him with Austin. They're kind of really kind of throwing themselves into it this year, I feel like, Dan, and kind of giving it a good go. Yeah, I think any team who's got Charlie Austin at this level is going to be in, you know, in the shot. They're going to be in and about it. Um, they have they have invested uh, well. Um, I think Warburton's a good manager. Um, I, don't, I, I don't really remember what went on with them last year. I know they had a bit of a nightmare. And then, like you say, they had a bit of a ridiculous run towards the end of the season, but they just left themselves a bit too much to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, they're another club who seem to, you know, produce players like, um, well, I say produce players, we produced Eze, didn't we? <laughs> pick up players like Eze and, and yep. Solomon and pick up um, other players who, other flair players like that who can have that impact. And, you know, I remember that game back after lockdown. I think it, I can't remember if it was 4 3 or 4 2 in the end. Mm-hmm. Just looked like I was going to score every time they went forward. Um, if they've got their stuff together from the start of the season, I could definitely see them being being hanging amongst it. I think we also played last season at Loftus Road when we was two 0 up, and then we threw it oh. away and lost three two. So it's definitely not a happy hunting ground for us. I think um, I found I was looking through like the archive, so to speak, and the last two times we beat them were both at home: Morrison in two thousand eleven mm. or two thousand and ten, and also Morrison in twenty seventeen. So you know we definitely yeah. drew a good result at Loftus Road. So I mean, other players they strengthened: Andre Dazel from Ipswich, Stefan Johansson who had a loan from Fulham last year. They yeah. made it into a permanent deal. Moss had a badjo. You know, it's a bit of championship know how in there, isn't it as well? And Obviously, the likes of Jordan Archer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember yes, that name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he's not getting a game there. I think it's purely as a backup to um, their goalkeeper. I think it's the end, the goalkeeper that they've got there. Yeah. But, you know, I think um, they, they've strengthened really well there, haven't they, under Warburton? Yeah, they have, they've done some good business. Um, you know, uh, Stephanie Hanson, I remember he, he went there in January last year. I think he had a big impact. Yep. Um, I don't know much about Andre uh, Dizel, um since it's which dropped, dropped out of the championship, but... Um, yeah, either, just them two alone, to be honest. Just Johansson and Austin, you know, they're, they're quality players. You know, Austin, God knows how many CV, promotions he's got in his CV. Mm-hmm. And I remember Johansson um, being a big part of Fulham when when they went up um, both times, I think. Um, and their squad wasn't, you know, like you said last year, went on a really, really good work. It wasn't too shabby towards the end of last season anyway. So, mm-hmm. again, they're a team which hasn't necessarily weakened themselves. I think just Bonnie went out, wasn't it, really? Yeah. And then, anyone else, and they seem to have just had that momentum through preseason. I think they beat United, didn't they? Manchester United uh, a couple of weeks ago, four one, I think, or four two, um, and they drew three three at the weekend with Leicester. So, like you know, their fans, I think, will be really you know expecting the. Yeah. I think for, for us, it suits us being that underdog. We love being an underdog anyway as a club, but a lot of people will be expecting QPR to maybe turn us over on Saturday. But I think that's when you think about what comes into our favour. Two and a half thousand fans behind the away end. Um, you know, it's kind of set up for us to kind of go in there with no fear and just play the occasion and hopefully come out on top. I think so, yeah. I think, you know, they're going to be, well, everyone, every team 
up and down the country will say this because they've got fans of their son, you know, they'll be bang up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, but you're right, we've definitely got nothing to fear. I mean, what I would say is the two QPR games in the last two seasons at, at Loftus Road have kind of gone against the grain in terms of like we've shipped three or four goals, which doesn't yep. seem to happen that often. Um, so that'll be the acid test, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? If we can, you know, if we've still got that defensive stability, but we've added a bit more creativity and a bit more going forward, you know, even it's not going to happen overnight, but even if, you know, the signs of air, like even if the goals, you know, I don't think anyone's expecting us to go and put three or four past them, but even if there's the chance, you know, just the chances to do that, felt like, you know, sometimes last season, and I know some strikers haven't always, you know, delivered when planned, but there've been games where we've not created an awful lot. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, for me, that, you know, obviously that goes hand in hand, you know, we're not going to solve the problem. It doesn't matter who we bring in up front. If we're not creating chances, you know, no one's going to go and pick the ball up on the edge of our penalty box and dribble and, and go and score in the other box, you know, realistically. Of course. Um, it's be interesting, but I, I hope so. I think, you know, it'll be absolutely bouncing, absolutely bouncing. And, you know, after not having that for so long, I can only think, you know, that's going to, hopefully, that drives on because, like I said, it's been so long since we last beat them. I agree there, mate. And fingers crossed. I mean, with team news from our point of view, obviously, Mason Bennett picked up an injury on, on mm. Ipswich on Saturday. Obviously, we said the phobia and Wallace are likely to be the front two. But, you know, it's a real shame, obviously, just before the start of the season. You know, Bennett, obviously, second full season here for us now. But it just seems to be a bit of a kind of unfortunate thing with him. But, you know, he's always one mm. ga- one injury away from kind of sitting out for a little while, isn't he? Yeah, I feel, do you know what? I feel really sorry for I So I, um, you went on Saturday, so you'd be able to tell me if this is right. Yeah. By the sounds of it, it, it just got, it was a bad tackle that, that done him. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a bit sorry for him because he, he had that spell at the start of last season where he was out, in and out. And then I remember him saying, he, he I think he lost about half a stone. And then he kind of, he went through the rest of the season, you know, without any problems, I think. And he looked, mm-hmm. looked sharp. But, you know, I, for me, I, if you're picking a front two, I, I'd try and wedge Wallace in behind if we're playing that 3 5 2. And I'd have a phobia and Bennett as our pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a real shame he's injured because I fancy him to have a, a really good season. Um, I think when you look at what we need up front, I think he is it. He, well, he can be it, what we need, but obviously it's, it's keeping him fit. It's just this, it's disappointment for him, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, like he was start, he finished the season. Obviously, him and Wallace kind of hit that partnership up a little bit. Mm. You know, Rowett then signs a phobia who he's had before at Stoke, and it's kind of like a almost, you know, not losing trust in him. I'm sure Rowett still has a you know big role for him to play at the club, but I'm sure if you're Bennett, you're thinking, right, let me get on, especially on Saturday. You're right. I mean, he, I think it was, it didn't look dirty tackle at the time. Obviously, he didn't win the ball, the defender for Ipswich, and it should have been a penalty. I feel, and I think Rowett said the same thing after the game. But it's not it's not a normal injury that Bennett will tend to do. You know, it's not normally muscle. He normally gets muscular injuries, like a, you know, either he does his hamstring right. or yeah. exactly. Or he's, but it's, in this case, it's a twisted ankle, and it's a, it's a real unfortunate for him where he's potentially damaged ligaments as well. Um, and you're kind of thinking like, okay, I want to make a keen impression here to kind of show you know, if Obi's just scored twice, I'm probably out of the team yeah. next Saturday, and then he goes to pick up that injury. It's just really unfortunate for him, isn't it? Yeah, he's just got run luck, and he like. <laughs> You know, especially I think if if he'd have had a, a really tough time with injuries last season, then you know you'd maybe be a bit more like, you know, is it just is that the story? But you know, yeah, I'm going for him because I think he I think he proved a few bit. I think there's a bit of scepticism when he come back. Like mm-hmm. I, I think for the fee, well, the reported fee we got, I don't think we paid a lot for him, and you know he he is a championship player, but 
there was definitely a bit of scepticism because of the injuries. And I think he kind of put that to bed a little bit. And he's, yeah, he's just, he's had a bit rotten up by the sounds of it. And, and that's going to match him potentially till September now, which is, we're not blessed with attackers anyway, which, um, so it's not great news, no. Um, but hopefully, might, you know, I just it might back up that theory you had so to cut in there of like, you know, maybe we might strengthen one more player. So, you know, it might maybe. kind of force right hand. Maybe. Or, I mean, I don't know how far away um, Isaac Alafi is, but maybe if he's not too far away, maybe that'll open the door for him. Maybe that'll change your thinking there. Um, but, yeah, just I, I just hope it's, you know, there's no setbacks or anything because he, he deserves a bit of luck, I think, for how he, he finished the season last year and, and how he dealt with the season last year. You know, off the top of my head, I can't really remember other than that little spell at the start of the, of the season, a time where he was missing. Um, so, yeah, shit like yeah, one step forward and two steps back. I think that's yeah. kind of, without kind of uh, criticising Bennett too much, just kind of a, a little bit of his career, especially at Derby as well. You know, he always kind of never really found another place and you feel like Millwall could be that place for him and unfortunately for him, um, it's another step back for him. But hopefully he'll be back soon, like you said there, after the international break and come back into the team. Um, I'm kind of thinking it'll be an unchanged level from Ipswich uh, Saturday, Dan. I think I'm looking at side, you know, one three nil. Obviously, confidence will be high. I feel like Keith and Bell's gonna be perfect against the likes of Johansson to break up play, uh, and I'm expecting us to play that five three two of you know Barton goal, Ballard, Hutch and Cooper, uh, McNamara, Malone, Keith and Bell's Savile and Evans either side, and Wallace and the phobia up front. I mean, any changes you'd make to that if it was yourself or what you go think thinking going into the game? Uh, no, I don't think. I think I'd probably go with that. I think um, I think Savile kind of has to start because he. He's probably out of that group of five or six players. I think he does give us something different. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not necessarily, like I said, what I, f- I thought we needed at the start of some, but he's probably the closest to it. Um, the only question mark I'd have is maybe Evans and I'd maybe have Leonard in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I feel like he's become a bit of a forgotten man, really, because of that injury coming at such a rubbish time. But for me, I think for the half, a season he played, I would have had him up there as one of our most consistent players last year. Um, I know he's not had it plain sailing since he, he comes to a club, but I think over the last kind of 18 months over lockdown, um, I think he's one who's changed opinions. Um, and again, it feel, almost feels a bit harsh as well, Billy Mitchell. Like, mm-hmm. now again, had a great end to the season, but I suppose that just shows how, how strong that midfield is now. Like, I personally, I liked... Sean Williams, but I think the time had gone for him to be a starter. Where I think this year, I don't think you'd argue with any of the midfield options coming in and starting a game personally. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you mentioned Mitchell Lennon there. I feel like I'm leaving, we're leaving out Ben Thompson there again. It just yeah. really does highlight the strength. And I think he's linked away constantly with this move to Portsmouth. And is it going to happen? Is it not? We're never quite going to know. And I agree with you about Leonard. I think anyone listening to this show knows that I was a big fan of him towards the end of the season uh, before his injury last year. And again, I was another one that kind of thought, oh, not sure on him when Harris was here and he signed him for what, one and a half million pounds. But mm. you're right. I think maybe that injury just set him back a little bit from starting uh, this game on Saturday. Uh, but he'll definitely have a part to play. So before you go, Dan, uh, obviously thanks again for coming on today and I really do appreciate it. No, I, no can't, I can't let you leave without giving me a score prediction. And I know score predictions are a bit lame at times and some people don't like giving them, but I need a score prediction for you before you go. I'll go 2-1, two, 2-1 one. Two, one Millwall. It feels nice. like easy money would be a draw, wouldn't it? Because that's just what we do. But I'll, I'll go 2-1 <laughs> go Millwall. You've got to have optimism on the first day of the season, haven't you? Absolutely. Any goal scorers? You're going to go to that length for me? A phobia. It's got to be a phobia. I look like a mug already, wouldn't I? 
Nice, perfect. I do appreciate that. Um, where can people find you, Dan? Obviously, are you on Twitter? I know, obviously, at Daniel Marsh ninety two. You put in the description there. But where can people find you otherwise? Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter. <laughs> there you go. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you recognise Dan if you uh, read South London or uh, you know flip through days or is is a face around me also to speak. And Dan, hopefully, we see a bit more of you on the show this week, uh, this year. Sorry. So I do appreciate you coming on today, mate. Definitely, mate. Thanks for having us, mate. No problem. And that's the end of part two. So a huge thank you to Dan there for coming on. He kind of got us out of the pickle, obviously, with Mickey not being available today. And yeah, I think he gave great insight there. Like I said, uh, he obviously previewed the game with us, gave some predictions. If you're yourself want to give a prediction, who you think might be player of the season this year, who you will think will be young player of the season, who might score goal season, be sure to comment down below. Obviously, be sure to rate this video, give it a like, any comments, any debate anything at all i always reply to them and just give my insight as well and yeah we do appreciate everyone that's been subscribing recently and yeah i mean check us out obviously on twitter at that mill pod across our socials is the same on instagram we're on tiktok i mean mickey looks after the tiktok for us but check us out on there check out our website www.datmillpodcast.co.uk and if you haven't already be sure to vote for us for the fca content awards we're running the best new creator best podcast and obviously if you haven't voted do so now so thanks for tuning in guys I've kind of gone on my own today. It's a bit kind of nerve-wracking. Let me know how you think I did as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys on Sunday for a review of hopefully Mill's win against QPR. When it comes to LASIK, Dr. Boutros and the Eye Center have led the way for the past 25 years. Today, this tradition continues by being one of the few practices in the country to offer you iDesign 2.0, using the same technology as the NASA James Webb Telescope. And in the hands of an elite surgeon like Dr. Boutros, more patients are seeing 2020 or better after LASIK. Right now, enjoy 20% off iLASIK with iDesign. Go to theeyecenter.com or call 888-844-2020. Some restrictions apply. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. I'm sorry, I can't operate on that vehicle. But doctor, you took an oath. That RV, it's my son's RV. Oh, doctor, isn't there anything you I'm can do? I'm not a miracle worker, Sheila. I'm an RV surgeon, trained to save the lives of large injured recreational vehicles, which is definitely a real profession. When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.